The pleasure, the treasure, the note that I wrote And you can quote, flow like I roll like a boat Taking a stand, don't need a hand The man in command did so train Next American band, standing overweight Love or discover, no other brother can smother If I ever fell, I bounce back like rubber I'm rough and tough, all that stuff call my bluff You can't get enough from Mr. Big Stuff Let it flow Instead of lagging, we could have been passing Eddie F on the fade mix. The boys with the dance tricks, Dre with the management, Heavy D with the lyrics. Who said that I ain't though? You walking a tightrope, you living for high hopes. I wonder what you smoke didn't come here to tiptoe. I came here to rip so grab your partner, dosey dose, and let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. Uh, today I'm doing two in group interviews. The first off, um, we'll start in a minute and I'll introduce those guys and their dog. Uh, and then after, I'll be an interview with the women organizing the short run convention in Seattle that's happening this Saturday at the Vera Project. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. It's a small press event and looks to be really neat and interesting. Um, also happening this weekend is Canzine on Sunday at the Ukrainian Hall. Um, there's a Comic-Con also on Sunday at Heritage Hall. And on Friday at Hennessy on Broadway between Manitoba and Ontario, uh, Jim Mafood and Dave Crossland will be in town doing a live art fundraiser thing for the Comic Legends Legal Defense Fund, which is the Canadian comics, uh, Canadian version of Legal Defense Fund, uh, which has actually got a big uh, case they're dealing with right now, so they're a good thing to support. Um, the first half of the show, I'm joined by three local artists, illustrators, creators, um, all on the fine world of Skype here. Uh, first off, I've got Mark Adamos Pilon. 
Uh, hi, Mark. I have uh, Luke Latulip, and last but not least, uh, DaCosta, uh, a.k.a. Chocolate Soup. Um, thank you all for joining me today, gentlemen. You're welcome. Now, uh, I guess the reason I'm having you all on together is tonight at the Interurban Gallery at 1 East Hastings. Is that Carolyn Hastings? Yeah, it's right at the corner of Carolyn Hastings, uh, right across from Pigeon Park. It's hard to miss. Yeah, hard to miss. <laughs> uh, hard to forget. Um, <laughs> Very historical corner of Vancouver. It is. And uh, if only the only seafood was still there. Um, Mark is uh, organizing a show, uh, an art show, which is really along the lines of a lot of the stuff that we cover here in the Ink Studs. And I felt um, inappropriate to have on here to discuss it because a lot of the folks there in the show have been on the show, they're in the art show have been on the Ink Studs show. And it's just a really great collection of local cartoonists, artists, illustrators, and uh, drawing folks. So, Mark, why don't you give a rundown on the background of the Moonbase Gallery and uh, what's well, going on? I mean, originally, we started 1997. Uh, we took over a space called Photobase, which was a photo-only gallery in on Carroll Street in the Bodega Building, right at Blood Alley. And uh, <clears throat> from there, we... Uh, I mean, at first we were just moving into the space as a live space, but we decided that maybe it would be a good idea to turn our living room into a gallery, which uh, basically started the whole adventure. It was a six-year adventure up until the point where uh, I guess we kind of kind of gave up on uh, the idea <laughs> of spilling, uh, you know, basically putting our personal lives into the public forum on a daily basis. But in that time, we managed to show uh, well over maybe t 200 artists. We had hundreds of shows. We had, we, I mean, there's so many people we had in the gallery whose careers just completely took off. And uh, I mean, in, a, in that short period of time, we, we just managed to get so much done. But uh, since then, we, uh, I guess we basically took a hiatus and uh, and now it looks like we're we're kind of starting a new adventure by uh, launching a series of pop-up shows, and this is the first one in the series. Just hijacking other people's galleries, <laughs> so I don't have to have my living room turn into an art gallery every every three weeks, which was always chaotic back in the day. I might add that uh, the gallery was also curated with uh, Jody Jasek, my wife, and I uh, have to give her a lot of credit because uh, she put up with a lot over the years. And she's also a very good artist herself. She's in this show. And so what was the the choice of uh, revisiting it uh, recently? Of, uh, well, it was the Interurban Gallery that approached us. I mean, a lot of people remember the moon base from the, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, we had some fairly infamous openings, very busy openings. What were some of the uh, infamous openings? Tell us some uh, <laughs> stories of legend. Eyebrainator openings that were that maybe just got a little too loud, <laughs> maybe just a little too busy. I remember showcasing a few of his film nights, and uh, I mean the place was packed to the rafters with people. It wasn't a very big space, so I do remember. Um, oh, I think we had a. Back in the day when people were still showcasing a lot of uh, sort of tiki-oriented shows, I would say that we were probably one of the first galleries in, in North America, besides some of the galleries in Los Angeles that were showcasing a lot of tiki art at the time. Um, uh, always, always busy openings. I mean, we, we had a bad reputation for stealing a lot of other people's people from their shows. <laughs> We had a few galleries around us. There was Art Speak, and we had Access Gallery across the street, who seemed uh, strangely empty during our openings. We opened on the same nights, which was always funny and fun. Well, was... some cities do that as tradition. Like uh, Portland has their was it the first Thursday? Yeah, we month? used to participate in, in uh, first Thursdays here as well, which I think is still happening. Anyway, at the time, I mean, the gallery itself was primarily focused on pop art, uh, illustration art. As being an illustrator myself, we, we primarily 
tried to uh, allow people who who wouldn't necessarily get into you know the regular art gallery uh, give them a chance to show and then I actually specifically mix illustration art with fine art because I didn't think there needed to be walls between the different factions of art and and in Vancouver I find that 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 seems to be the case you go to a fine art show and there's only fine art. You go to a, an illustration show and there's only illustration, if you can find one. And I like the idea of bringing all the different parties together in one room because, I mean, frankly, since I've been showing in the U.S., I, you know, you can go to a pop art show and you'll see the fine artists there. And I can't, I've never been able to understand why in Vancouver we have to build walls around all sorts of different artists, including cartoonists, who we've also shown. Why aren't more cartoonists showing in galleries? It doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, that's why, yeah. You know, I mean, down the line, I, I guess you can you can link this to the Jupiter project that uh, Luke and I were involved with, uh, where we attempted to do the same thing by elevating illustration art to uh, to the level of fine art. Luke, do you have anything you want to jump in? Uh. In terms of of uh, in terms of what exactly? Because in terms of uh, maybe that representation of illustration art, fine art, comic art. Because you also yeah. uh, do some blogging with Drawn.ca, a pretty right. uh, popular illustration blog. So I'm sure you've got some opinions. It, it's it's I I I, feel, I often feel like a bit of a uh, fraud in the group because I, oh, I don't. No, but I don't have like Mark has like extensive gallery experience, not just running one, but um, but it, he's in in he's one of the people I know that who has who has shows on more often than anybody, and so he's really experienced in that regard, and he and I really trust his instinct when it comes to all of this. When when we first met, when we formed the Jupiter Project in two thousand three. Um, I remember when Mark and I were hunting around the city just to find a gallery space that would show us, and it was, <laughs> I had no idea how retardedly difficult it was going to be. People were really like, no, screw you guys, we don't want to show your crap. And a lot of places were like, um, oh, you're, you're, not really, you're not really art, or other places would say, well, we'd rather show artists not from Vancouver. <laughs> And it was just so perplexing because there's so much talent here. And whenever, when we did finally have our first show, it was huge. We had over 200 people spilling out of this tiny little space at Columbia in 18th, I think. And it, and it always happens. I mean, people are starved for this kind of work, obviously, because every time we do an event, it, it's big. And it gets a lot of talk around town. And, and yet... It's it's still to this day. You know, we can walk into a gallery and ask for an illustration show, and it'll be no. We're you know we're waiting for the next big thing, not you guys. Yeah, someone literally gave us that line. Yeah, exactly. We thought we had a we thought we had a foot into this little gallery off of Main Street, and the guy literally said, "I'm looking for the next big thing," and no joke. Less than a year later, his gallery was closed. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. And, and 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 I might add that you know at the time Ryan Heshka being in our group is now you know he's so big. Yeah. And he, you know the guy literally let the next big thing slip right through his fingers. Yeah. And not and that's not to be facetious. I mean the guy had his own business plan and that's fine. But he didn't. Yeah. I don't remember him uh, being. I thought he had just moved here or something, and he clearly didn't have a a finger on the local scene and I know I didn't at the time either because I was pretty new to the city then but he he seemed pretty set in what he thought a gallery should be in Vancouver and and Vancouver is still to me strikes me as being a city a, a really young city like it's got the personality of a 20 year old yeah. and and the attention span of a 20 year old and it wants to do everything but it it doesn't it ha it doesn't have those it doesn't have the sort of uh, more mature feel of an older city <clears throat> that that isn't afraid of delving into different things like illustration as art. And oh, but you would think you would think a younger city would be would be very open to to that, and, and the older city would be kind of more 
more set in its ways. You know? I know, it's funny. I, I don't know if it's because of the way, you know, quote, and I don't want to sound like an old guy, quote, the way things are these days, <laughs> where, you know, everything is about instant gratification, and, and art doesn't quite play the role, visual art doesn't quite play the role that it did maybe 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. You it's, know, it's funny, too, when you think about it. Uh, you know, most I find that most of these curators are, are looking for artwork outside of the city. They're looking to bring people in. They don't realize that the art is already here, and most of the artists are actually leaving town to show because they can't show in their own city. Exactly. There's a giant talent pool here that's that's just getting feeling feeling neglected. You know, there isn't a space. I mean, there's very, very few opportunities, you know, in the past. I mean, the, the crazy show that happened at the at the VAG, you know, was was kind of a bright spot for a minute, and then it kind but of fell off. But there was only one Vancouver artist <laughs> yeah, no in kidding. the whole show, and that was okay. in the animation section. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot better represented locally. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, that, that really... <clears throat> that, that was presented in a kind of candy-coated kind of way for the general public. It really didn't... It was really unfortunate that they did not do anything to cover the Vancouver scene in that regard. There were some local Vancouver... I was one of the Vancouver artists that was there doing kind of live demonstrations, but in yeah. terms of the actual gallery pieces themselves, there was, there was nowhere near the representation that you would think. Well, there wasn't any, you know. I think Jose Menjivar was involved as well. He was also in this show. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Steve Rolston was there as well. We did uh, Sundays and, and the, we did that uh, get the fuse night. There yeah. was a little thing going on there where we just sat and drew what we did and and, and interacted with the audience. Yeah. That was in the like up at the top of the building. Up at the top, yeah, during fuse, and then there was I think uh, the Sundays uh, after that we were all over the place. I was in the lobby that main little foyer piece when you walk in. Yeah, and so I find I find that interesting that. I don't know, I'm going to try not to go too much of a tangent, but the, the, the fact that you guys can be there as uh, almost like a display model, um, but not actually as part of the instituted <laughs> True, yeah. activity. Um, and just recently I interviewed a couple of folks um, about a Canadian illustrator, Oscar Cahane, uh, who died in the 50s, and there's a big show of his work uh, one of the illustration galleries in New York, uh, but meanwhile the archives are actually in Vancouver. It's a there's not much recognition of of this amazing oh. illustration work. Well, so it's a, it's a it's a recent example. Um, God bless Vancouver. <laughs> but but there is this show tonight at the Interman Gallery. Um, tell us about. Uh, some of the work that we'll be seeing at the show, especially uh, Dakota and Luke, tell us about the work you guys will have in the show. Maybe Dakota, you can. Oh, Dakota, yeah, I can. Uh, I mean, I have. I only have one piece because it was kind of short notice for us to uh, for me to get invited to the show. I have, this is my first real mingling with with these two lads, even though I've known them for years. But uh, this is my first opportunity to get into the mix and and be. And I'm happy and proud to be uh, to have been asked. Uh, but I, I have I have a single piece uh, that I've been working on. I've been working on a series as of late, um, a robot series. So I decided that I was going to put in one of my one of my favorite pieces to the show. So printed on canvas, um, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. You know? And where can That's we? My and tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, where can we find other work and find out more about you? Uh, Mark uh, you can check it. out my website, and it's I do I work under the name Chocolate Soup. It's my company name. I do character IP development, so d designing you know anything and everything that has to do with the character, mascots, that kind of idea. I try to push those those end of things. I found that there wasn't. Uh, I had to kind of make up a title for the for the uh, for what I did to put on my business card. But uh, I'm just fascinated with anything illustrated, anything connected with character or life in general. So you can you can look at the my website is uh, chocolate soup two o's dot com. That's uh, that's all there is. And, and anything chocolate soup two o's on any social port, you'll find me basically. <laughs> He's being modest here. Yeah. I mean, he has so many projects on the go. Not not only being a, a hell of an illustrator, but he's also designed his own toys, designed his own iPad app. He's got uh, Stickalicious on the go, which is an iPad app he just launched. Um, 
amazing oh, guy. Yes, sir. In fact, I, you know, my I, humility kicks in every time I do these things, sir. I wish I knew both of these guys when we back in the day when we had the moon base because uh, by far the these two guys are the my two favorite Vancouver illustrators. Aww. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything nice about Mark. Um, <laughs> Uh, Luke, tell Super us. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I've got. I, I vexed Mark by by including a, a very odd number seven little points. <laughs> and I gave him the pile. He's like seven. How the hell do I hang seven? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Come down to the gallery. I'll show you how I hung seven pieces. <laughs> Use, use the word hang loose. Yeah. <laughs> You're just Six. throwing about the place. <laughs> Six on the wall and one hidden somewhere else. One on the floor. Totally. Yeah. Seven coasters, my friend, step up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, tell us about the work you're going to have in the show, Luke, other than there being seven of them. Um, the... Um... Uh, my work is all is all vector illustration, so it, it uh, it's not something that I can just literally paint onto paper or, or, or a board or anything, and my attempts at painting are, they will remain private for a long time <laughs> until they're more presentable, but, um, uh, so I've got them, uh, uh, I got them printed as well, and uh, onto these little stretch canvas um, frames, and they look really slick that way, actually, they, um, uh, let's see, my, my stuff's kind of iconic the designs are sort of very simple looking icon like things um, derived partly from the when we first did the Jupiter project show I, I got actually it was the second show I, I got t-shirts made with some some of my designs on them and to keep them to keep the cost the the colors to no more than three because they were screen printed and um, and you paid per color and they they were really well received, and we've got uh, some of our stuff is on some T-shirts at a, a shop in uh, Gastown as well right now, and so I picked a couple of those and a couple of other illustrations that I had done as prints before, um, because I as well I'm not I don't do the gallery scene really that much, and and so I didn't have anything properly prepared, but I thought these worked well, and uh, I've got a couple of them at home, and they uh, they look kind of slick on the wall, so. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I might add something here that, uh, I mean, though these though these two guys are both submitting print. Uh, in the beginning, when we when we started Moonbase, we actually hosted, and I'm, and this is kind of interesting. I, ne I never thought about it until till now, but we hosted the very first digital art show called uh, Digitalis. Uh, I think I I curated it with James Cam, and uh, you know, back in the day, I I, I never thought that that print should should be you know put aside and you know why shouldn't we show illustrators who only work on computers I mean they're still illustrators they're damn good illustrators and and just because they're not you know interpreting that in paint you know why should we downplay their their talents and and uh, I've never I've never had a problem showing digital art I always thought it it, it should be shown right alongside with with a fine a piece of fine art I don't think we should ever discount that and it's funny too because the the stuff that we get done on t-shirts nobody looks at that and goes well that's not an original painting Yet they completely accept the fact that it's a screen print and it looks cool and but as soon as you put that on the wall people are like well it's not the same <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's exactly the same I'll, I'll I'll put myself in the finicky column I I I'm not a big fan of the G clays I'm sorry that's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm but but I'm I'm here to hear you guys argue it. <laughs> I know, but you know, if you look at most of the comic artists these days, I mean, most of them are, are coloring all their work in Photoshop. I mean, yeah. it's it's really no different from what we do here. I mean, I've seen DaCosta's sketches, his hand sketches. I've seen Luke's hand sketches. They're amazing. I mean, these guys are real artists, and just because the end product isn't paint. It, I don't think we should ever discount uh, an illustrator's work. I can see where that can come from though because there's something about a digital file that you can make infinite copies of and it'll look fine in 10 years and 20 years from now and um, I was looking at, speaking of Ryan Heshka again, he's got a show in Seattle this yeah. weekend and I was looking at his new work and every time I look at his work my jaw just hits the floor and it's all gouache and that's when you look at his stuff. I mean, there's only one of it, 
that's there is that that makes it more that makes it different the the uniqueness of the fact that it's a single unique object and if it's lost it's lost it's not like you can create another identical digital copy so there i can see where the perception can come from something like that but you can always do a one-off print though and say that's it this is the only the one i created this is it i destroyed the file or it'll never be printed again you know i think it's i think there's just a stigma to the old the, the the idea that it's somebody sat there and and belabored it with the with the turpentines and the and the whole thing and the that idea of the artist it's a little old school it needs to kind of adapt I and mean, obviously that the multiple copies is a wonderful thing and, and it you know you can sell prints but at the same time you know I don't know the Bateman argument might come up there but you know yeah, I think that yeah. Bateman selling in the thousands whereas you know even Ryan Heshka is selling his digital prints in in the low numbers and selling well. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, it's kind of like I think it's just about whatever the market that you're trying to that goes after it and the perception of, of the quality, right? In so, a, in a way, though, I mean, you know, they, there's a lot of people out there who can't afford, you know, a two thousand dollar painting, but yet they can afford, you know, a seventy five dollar print by their favorite artist or illustrator. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think that that's one of the the benefits of the digital elements. So if you do it in limited editions and it's super high quality inks, you know, and, and the materials that it's all created on, I think that there's a value there, and it just that the market just has to kind of accept the new ideas. Like the telephone, that was a newfangled thing. Well, I think I, I I think the thing uh, a lot with the digital prints is actually the interesting thing is the market the the monetary market is accepted, but maybe the institution hasn't accepted it. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, I've seen some pretty expensive prints at the yeah. gallery, at the VAG gallery. Uh, you know, Herzog's latest uh, show, I mean, a show he did uh, in, in the VAG last, last year, they were all digital print. Even the photographers lean on digital print these days. Mm -hmm. We just and need more of this in Vancouver. We need, some, we need some champions to keep pushing it, pushing it hard, you know. I mean, you know, in the in the end, the end product. I mean, you know, if if an image on your wall makes your heart sing in the morning, I mean, you know, why not have a digital print? You know, why not have a painting? Yeah. To me, it's all the same. It doesn't matter what the medium is. It's exactly what you said there. If you see that on your wall and it makes you feel good, like I've got, I've got all kinds of stuff here. I've got prints that are gicles or canvas prints. I've got. Um, gouache paintings, I've got watercolor paintings, I've got a little wood carving, I mean there's so many different yeah. things and we gravitate towards those those objects of art because there's something about them that speaks to us, it's it's um, just just the thing itself just how it and looks. Like that, I mean, you know, DaCosta you know, also dabbles in uh, in 3D with the toys mm -hmm. you know I, 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 I mean to me, that that is just as much art as anything else. I think we're going to find that there will be a lot of shift, especially with a lot of younger folks coming up that do work primarily digitally. Um, it's going to be more of a shift towards more digital output. Um, mm -hmm. I think so time. because everything there's we're in such a massive shift right now, particularly the publishing industry, which is which has always been one of the major. Um, uh, industries that hire illustrators for work and we're seeing massive shift in the TV and film industry and the music industry about everything going digital um, the fact that exactly. you, I mean we are literally young enough and old enough to remember because we're not that old damn it we're <laughs> young enough to remember that you could you know in high school you had to wait for that album to come out yeah. You would go to the, to the record store, the record store, the, when they would get their new stuff. And mm. <laughs> very few, it's really only in comics that people are still excited about New Comics Day on Wednesday and going. Yeah. And there's really, there's an excitement that builds up in you that you, that you, that we've kind of lost by going, oh, what's that song I'm listening to here at Starbucks? Oh, it's this? I can download it right now on my iPod. Without... Yeah thinking about it. I mean, my, my husband and I were having dinner last night. We were trying to figure out, oh, what's this word come from? And literally just pull it out of your pocket and you're going, oh, it's the blah, blah, blah. Like, you, everything is at your fingertips. And I think the, the, the visual art world, the fine art world, is, is going to go that way too. 
Well, in a lot of ways, it's it, it, it already you know, is. The internet's made all this artwork you know, so much more accessible. I mean, when we started the Moonbase, the internet was just emerging as as sort of a business tool. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were, you know, we were really pushing hard to get all of our illustrators online. But at the time, there just weren't the numbers to support it. These days, I mean, if if we had the same internet now that we and you know, when we had the gallery, I think I think we could have had a better shot at it internationally. But uh, I mean, for the most part, though, I, I always felt that that uh, because we had such a hard time getting Vancouver to buy local art, uh, I think that's the one thing that kind of made us fail in the end is that we couldn't reach outside the city other than you know the tourists wandering through Gastown on a Saturday afternoon. Well, I think uh, this is a, a good reminder for folks. If you want to check out local Vancouver uh, artists, illustrators, uh, cartoonists, animators, uh, art that they've created, go to the Interurban Art Gallery at 1 East Hastings, uh, corner of Carroll and Hastings, and check out the Moonbase show. If you want more information, go to moonbasegallery.com, um, and there's a good list of folks yeah. there. Over 25 artists, 25 mostly local artists. We have a few international artists, and uh, Jody and I will be down there. We have free buttons, <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Yay, buttons! I, I, have, I have no. Uh, I mean, I there will be a lot of people there tonight. It'll be a fun show. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good list. Uh, just to kind of give people an idea, I'm gonna read off the list of folks real quick. Uh, Mark, you're gonna be there with uh, Adamos, uh, Holly Anderson, DaCosta, ESM Artificial, Hobo Divine, Jeff Burnett, uh, Robert Chaplin, uh, Holly Cruz, Rob Elliott, Pam Fairfield, Rod Philbrett, Mia Hansen, JP Haleka, John Eisen, Indigo, uh, Jody Jasek. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maria Karpenko, uh, Luke Latulip, uh, Jamie Mason, Josue Menavar, uh, Naomi, yes. uh, Netherland, Bonnie Reed, Robert Rob, Steve Rolston, Andrea Tucker, and Sounds by Dale Davies. And Mark, you and Bonnie were actually just in LA yes. for the uh, show there. Um, yeah, we were in the uh, the Luz the Luz de Jesus twenty uh, fifth anniversary show, which which featured every artist that they uh, they gave a solo show to in the, those twenty five years, which is an amazing list of, of people. I mean, we're we're talking back to you know uh, you know Shag, uh, Mark Ryden, uh, oh boy, uh, Tim Biscop, Dave uh, Cooper. Dave, yeah, Cooper was there. Jeff Soto. Um, uh, the list was huge. You'd, you'd have to go to the website to see. There's a, there's almost I, I believe there's almost a uh, hundred artists in the show. It's quite extensive. It's quite a good opening. Excellent. And I might add, there's a there's a book uh, that that's uh, following the show. Uh, you can get it at their website. I think it's just at LilliesGallery.com. Awesome. Well, thank you gentlemen for joining me today I will see you tonight
Welcome back to Ink Studs. Uh, this is the second half of our show for today. I'm doing uh, two different interviews. Uh, the first is with was just with um, Mark Pilon and Luke Latulip talking about the Moonbase show uh, at uh, oh, the Interurban Gallery at One East Hastings. I'm very excited about that show. Um, now I'm joined by uh, a a trio of folks. I think we lost one of them, unfortunately. Um, we were supposed to be four, but one of our guests is out in the country, she says, so she, uh, if her phone drops, it drops, it looks like it dropped. So, uh, why don't I get the three of you to introduce yourselves? I guess we'll start with you, Kelly. Okay, um, Kelly Fro, live in Seattle, and I'm one of four organizers for this year's Short Run Small Press Festival, and I've been a mini-comic artist for a long time. And this is very exciting for all of us to um, have our own small press right here in Seattle. Erin? Hi, um, I'm Erin Franklin, and I make comics and graphic novels in Seattle. Um, and it's been really exciting to work with all these ladies on this project, and we really are, are excited for Saturday. And last but not least... Uh, my name is Jenny Giolinus, and I um, make scenes and music, and I am so happy to see Short Run almost here. And we were also supposed to be joined by Martine, but Martine's phone dropped, so I'm sorry, Martine. Um, you, you all kind of mentioned Short Run a little bit. Who wants to kind of give a quick rundown, or a lengthy rundown, on what Short Run is? The, Um, Erin, how about you start? <laughs> <laughs> we're all trying not to talk over each other. <laughs> You're too polite. Um, 
So Short Run is going to be a small press festival here in Seattle. Um, it's going to include things like handmade comics, uh, short runs of art books, um, even some one-offs as well, uh, some zines that are stapled together and then spray-painted and silk-screened, um, and literary journals as well. So it's going to run the full gamut of what small press can be. Um, and there's also going to be animation, and some artists will have original artwork and prints as well. So it'll have art, uh, animation, and books. Nice. As well as, oh, actually, sorry. <laughs> uh, as well as, uh, we're going to be having a portrait challenge so that anybody who comes can can participate uh, by drawing, and we'll have a giant bake sale. And afterwards, we're going to have um, uh, a party at Fanographics uh, Bookstore and Gallery in Georgetown, and that's also going to have an art show with uh, some of the exhibitors from Short Run. Now, what was the idea uh, behind starting this up? Because putting together a one-day event like this is not a uh, an easy endeavor. Um, I think we thought it was going to be easy, um, and <laughs> it was a it was a great idea that um, uh, that we conceived of. And I was actually kind of the last to join in. This is Kelly speaking. Um, an idea. There, there's a bunch of girls who were doing. Uh, similar kinds of art books and comics, um, not necessarily comics, more like art books, illustrated art books. And they were writing them, drawing them, designing them themselves, producing them themselves. And I know that Aaron and Martine met at a similar um, comic fair in Olympia, and it was kind of the meeting of the minds that they were doing similar things. And Jenny got on board, I got on board, we are both independent self-publishers and um, it's short run is, is is hopefully creating a space for people that um, maybe feel a little bit in the shadow at bigger comic conventions because it isn't just comics it's zines it's literary works it's a lot of things encompassing a lot of different art forms so we're really happy that um, we have a really supportive network of of friends and we just happen to know a lot of these artists so we had a good base to draw from when it, when sending the word out and inviting people. And it's spanning several cities, Vancouver and Portland, Tacoma, Olympia, and we even have some exhibitors who, I'm not sure how they found us, but they're coming from Reno. So, <laughs> great, welcome, welcome to Seattle. Um, <laughs> so the, the planning was just, um, it was just four women at a coffee shop making lots of to-do lists and just kind of going for it and marking things off as we were going and we learned a lot along the way. There's things we'll probably do a little bit differently next year, but I, it went pretty smoothly considering that we didn't quite have the plan entirely in order when we started. <laughs> now, um, an important aspect of this is kind of the handmade component. Tell me about that of like what do you mean by small press and like providing this venue for small press? Jenny, do you want to answer that um, one? Um, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Um, I didn't want yeah, to. I thought I was talking too much. <laughs> no. Um, there's a lot of things that we consider to be small press, um, and I think that. Uh, by defining that too narrowly, we, we really limit ourselves. So it is going to include handmade comics, and it is going to include zines and things that are self-published and um, small editions of things. But I think that uh, if we spend too much time defining what it is, we might uh, not get a lot of the people who are producing that work. I think about this a lot when I think about art. Um, so if you define something as a sculpture, but it's also an installation, um, does it change your perception of that the work itself um, when you think of it as a different medium? So, like, there's work that's both like mini comics and zines, and you know, even literary journals. Like, it can all encompass all of those things. So, we really want to embrace everything book. Um, we want it to be uh, things that people are self-publishing, but a lot of people are going to bring uh, published works as well. They're going to bring their their books that they've had published by Fanographics and, 
and, and other um, major publishers. But uh, we, we require that there's something at the table that's either handmade or self-published as well. Um, yeah. Nice. I, I'm a big fan of the, the handmade um, items. It's uh, a soft spot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of went off on some other tangent, didn't I? <laughs> no, no. Um, no, you didn't at all. That was totally... <laughs> Um, but you wanted me to talk more about uh, handmade work? Uh, either or. I mean, you don't have... Yeah, sure. If you have more that you'd like to say uh, specifically to that. Um, I just think that we really want to have a, a place where people can produce these like really small, intimate, uh, handmade things and actually be able to get them out to the public. Um, there are you know, some places that do carry that sort of work, but... Um, it's hard when you're making things that are like in editions of 15 and you're like hand cutting the covers and silk screening and layering, you know, four different colors. Um, it's really hard to be able to get that out. So we really want to embrace artists that do do a lot of work that's handmade, that spend a lot of time sewing the, the binding onto their books and, uh, you know, making the covers themselves. Are there Can a lot? something? Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, this is me. I just I wanted to say that um, for me I believe that what is so important about handmade is that um, everyone that experiences the object um, knows that it's handmade because there's tiny little flaws in it. There's there's weird, funny little things that you know that a human being actually touched it. And in this world where everything is so produced and and we're being advertised to and, and everything's so clean. To have an object that is a broker or whatever it is, it could be a scarf even that's been hand knitted by your aunt. To have something like that in your hand, you know it's special, you know it's one of a kind, you know you're only going to see this once. And that's why that's so important because we need to bring that back into the world. And also, at, at, a, at a small press festival like this, you're interacting directly with people. They're coming to your table. They're picking up this book that you've made. And um, hopefully they like it. Their eyes widen. They look at you and ask you if you made it. And that's, a little, that's, that's part of the payoff right there. Um, if you're making a book and you're sending it out to stores and, you, and there's no people in that transaction, there's just emails, you really don't know, does anyone even like what I'm doing? Is it being appreciated at all? Why am I doing this? <laughs> it, part of the reward, I think, is, is actually presenting your work to somebody and getting a reaction. And, and these kind of shows are, are perfect for that. And you're not going to get that every time. There's going to be plenty of people that will walk by and maybe they're not attracted to it or they're not interested. But the few that will, will, will make your day. Just to remind folks, uh, they're talking about their one-day uh, small Press Fest uh, short run at the Veer Project at Seattle Center. Where is that in Seattle for someone that's coming from out of town? It's kind of hidden away. It's an all-ages concert venue most of the time. And it also has um, a screen printing shop and um, other exhibitor space, art gallery space, uh, workshop space. It, if you're familiar with the Seattle Center, it's pretty large, and there's um, a part of it that was uh, once referred to as the Northwest Rooms. And so the VAIR project is just kind of one part of this larger structure um, accessible on Warren Avenue. It's, it's very close to Key Arena, and um, we have a map on our website because uh, it, it appears to be kind of hidden away, but once you find it, you, you'll, you'll never forget that it's there. Um, but it's a, it's a really great space, and we're going to completely fill it with tables. We have over 70 exhibitors. And as Erin mentioned, the bake sale and lots of other things going on. So it's going to be really highly active, and we're going to have volunteers uh, with signs kind of all around directing people that they've made it. Once they, <laughs> once they get anywhere near it, they'll know. <laughs> and uh, if folks want to check out more info, go to shortrun.org. Um, why don't you tell me about some of the folks that you'll be having exhibiting and some of the things that people will be able to check out there? Um, sure, I, I can start with a few, and then maybe we'll just we'll just all kind of spit some out. Um, some of maybe the more well-known people that are showing, um, we have Jim Blanchard showing and Megan Kelso, 
uh, Michael Dowers, who recently put out an anthology of um, new wave mini comics um, from, um, I think, starting in the 80s, maybe into the 90s. Really, really great book of, of all uh, independently produced mini comics. Uh, he's going to be there. Um, we have a lot of people from Portland coming. We have Tugboat Press, uh, which puts out a great anthology called Paper Cutter. And he's given tons of opportunity to, to people maybe being published in an anthology for the first time or um, working on their own mini-comics. And pays um, for it, too. I just want to put out there that he's known for being very good about that, about people being paid a decent rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, he's great. Um, gosh, uh, we have... Oh, we had a handful of uh, uh, first timers. I think we how many four or five first timers? Uh, people who've yeah, never shown their work uh, before, which was part of this. We really wanted to make sure that uh, that we were including not just people that were well known, but people that had never really done this, and and that way it could kind of be folded into the community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and from Portland, we have Jesse Reclaw and Sean Christensen, uh, Dave Nuss, and um, Jason Fisher, Andres Arp. And from Seattle, we have Jason T. Miles, who has uh, an online distro called Profanity Hill, um, and Max Klotfelter, uh, Tom Van Dusen, Mark Palm. Uh, these are all people uh, highly active in the mini-comics community. And we're, we're really happy that we got the editor of Filter Literary Magazine. Her name is Jennifer Borges Foster. And her, her book is truly a work of art. They, I, I think I read an interview that, she, that each book takes at least, I think she said, five to ten hours <laughs> to produce with gold leaf and stitching. And um, maybe I had those numbers wrong, but it, it, it takes a long time. And, and she's putting together 100 copies for the show. Wow. So that's wonderful. And we also have a group um, who are putting together, uh, they're called CCAT, which stands for Seattle Catalog, and it's just this new way to purchase art. So it'll be a zine of art that you can purchase locally, and we're really excited about that too. So um, I hate to leave anybody out, but with 70 people, the names are just swirling <laughs> around me. Jenny, uh, your, your comment about uh, first time uh, people um, presenting or going and uh, having a table. How is that important as far as building community for small press folks and people making handmade uh, comics and um, scenes and goodies? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I, we started working on this and um, I just started talking to people kind of in the public at large and I was really surprised at the number of people that were like, oh, wow, I didn't know anybody even did that anymore. I mean, isn't that something from the 90s? And, uh, but at the same time, I was discovering little pockets of people who are like, oh, yeah, I kind of do that on my own. They had no, I mean, even though there's the bigger comic shows, they just didn't really know how they fit into all of that. And they were doing it because it was just, they were compelled by an idea maybe, but they didn't really know that there was an outlet for it besides maybe something online like Etsy. Um, they just didn't know that there were others out there like them. And so what better way to, you know, feel like you're a part of something than to like start making friends that are just like you and, um, and get a chance to like take in new information and have new influences. Um, it's huge, and and just being a an artist, a creative person, to um, make friends that are doing similar things. Do you? I know um, Aaron and Kelly. You you both do comics. Do you do comics, Jenny, or do you do other type of work? Um, I mostly zines. Okay. I draw a lot. I'm I'm yeah, but really for me, it's all zines. <laughs> um, my uh, big kind of wake up call was when I went to the uh, San Francisco Zine Fest and uh, that I came back from that actually and mentioned to Martine, why don't we have this? I walked into a room full of people doing what I did at home on my own and uh, it was just a beautiful moment like walking through a crowd and uh, 
I, that's really, that was for me the energy behind Short Run. That's what I wanted to do for Seattle. It's, it's funny because Seattle uh, has this idea of people have this idea of Seattle being this cartooning city and I know folks that move there or live there and they didn't really find that community so it's great that you guys are doing something like this now um, to really push that idea yeah well we def we definitely have comics community we have a huge amount of people making comics here but it's it's very spread out there's a lot of different groups and we we really do need a place to come together and a, and a hub for for sharing and seeing each other's work. So hopefully this will be a great start to building that. Do you foresee doing this uh, as an annual thing or just going to see how this goes and go from there? Well, I think we, I think we would love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to keep doing this. <laughs> it's been... I think um, we just voted on that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have yeah. quorum? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll call uh, we'll call Martine and be like, so we're definitely doing this next year, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's been really enjoyable hard work. Definitely, it's um, uh, we all have other jobs and other things that we're doing in our lives, but the 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 hours that we've spent online trying to promote it and the the work days that we've had together, where the four of us are, um, you know, back to like working with craft paper and ribbon and glue and, 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 and trying to make really nice things for this festival and promote it in interesting ways. Um, it's just been this, this wonderful art group um, that, I mean, of course we want the event to be really successful, but really the, uh, the, the payoff has been that we've developed this great working relationship and that we're all, um, we're all in this together and it's been a really great experience so far and I just can't wait to you know, bring, more, bring more people in. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I expect other people to enjoy it as well. Uh, reminder, folks, it's shortrun.org for more info. It's uh, this Saturday in Seattle, the Short Run Small Press Fest, uh, a showcase of comics, art books, scenes, and animation. Um, thank you, all three of you, for chatting with me. This is Kelly Fro, Aaron Franklin, and I apologize if I get this wrong, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, you all get... Just say it for me. <laughs> thank you so much for calling us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Robin. And also, it's free. I mean, please put that in the soundbite. Yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yes, free, which is good. For other convention organizers, free works out well, very well. TCAF is free, uh, Brooklyn is free, and both of them do great just for with walk-in. Oh. Good. Smile.